0: what we're predicting is over the next five, 10 years, there's gonna be this massive migration of people who go, wow, yeah, I I can relocate, there's nothing really to stop me, but the tools that people use to relocate aren't that fantastic at the moment, and that's where we try to come in.
1: Hello, and welcome to The Melting Pot. I'm your host, Dominic Monkhouse. The Melting Pot is a result of my hunger and curiosity for optimizing business performance. Exploring corporate culture, customer addiction, and building high-performing teams. It's full of advice from my guests, entrepreneurs, fellow business authors, and examples from some of my work over the last few years, coaching the CEOs and leadership teams of some amazingly successful tech firms. The Melting Pot is my attempt to synthesize what I've learned along the way, to help you build a highly scalable business and realize the potential of your life's work. If you enjoyed the episode, head over to monkhouseandcompany.com forward slash podcast to find today's show notes and more editions of The Melting Pot. While you're there, if you subscribe to the newsletter, you can pick up a copy of my new book, Plan B, How to Scale Your Technology Business Faster and Achieve Plan A. Enjoy. Hello, today I'm talking with Paul Bennett. Paul is the CEO at Perch Peak. And we talk today about how his business, I guess, is cashing in on the back of COVID? So he had moved house a number of times in London and found the whole experience to be soul-destroying. And so he and co-founders set about trying to solve that problem. How could you be, I think he described it, he describes it as the Tinder for rental But the business has now become, how do you relocate people around the world? And one of the examples he gives me is relocating a family from the West Indies to Ireland. And he's also working at the moment to relocate a family to Jordan. And so it's everything you need to know about moving jobs. And so in this post-COVID, hybrid, closed offices, new normal world, Paul and his colleagues are about getting you to live in your dream location, maybe without having to change job. Uh, Paul would move to Buenos Aires if he could, so he could play field hockey and uh, not feel weird about playing field hockey. Um, So we have a great conversation. We talk about what's going to happen in the world of employee engagement and office space and implications of that. And some of the lessons that they've learned in their own business, they do uh, unlimited holiday and various other perks. So uh, great conversation with Paul. I really enjoyed it. I'm sure you will too.
0: Thanks very much for having me, Dominic. I'm Paul, one of the, uh, the founders of Perch Peak. Um, I am from London. I am very much stuck in London right now. And as one of the founders of, of, of Perch Peak, we basically help people move around the world. So um, whether you're moving from to Sydney, um, to Seattle, to Singapore, um, we guide you through that that entire journey and make sure that um, you get there, your stuff gets there, your family gets there and get settled in and no matter where in the world you're moving.
1: And so I guess 20, 2019, 2020, you, was, you, you, were, you were a relocation platform. And now all of a sudden, more people are thinking I should live somewhere else, take the family somewhere else. I could I could work wherever.
0: Yes, exactly right. Exactly right. So that was we to give you the uh, thirty-second um, cliff notes on Perch. We, we sort of moved into the relocation space at the start of twenty twenty. We had built this platform that that guided people through all the different subsections of relocating um was going really well sort of january to march then march comes along and you think (sighs) probably not the space we want to be right now people are locked indoors never able to leave again people really questioning my, my judgment but as you said as um you know most people have been working remotely for almost a year now as that has become the norm, people are starting to realize, wow, I could pretty much, I could physically do my work from anywhere in the world, you know, like outside of tax and immigration constraints, there's no real need for me to be in London to be doing this podcast or to be Zooming, you know, colleagues or Zooming potential clients. And that has led to this sort of, not necessarily exodus, but massive interest in people being able to to relocate that Maybe before they thought, oh, I've got to go to my office in New York or my office in San Francisco every day. Now, for the first time, lots of people are going, oh, yeah, I can, you know, maybe go live in the mountains or go live in the south of France or whatever. And that's that's sort of been uh, beneficial for, for what we do. And Well, and certainly
1: some of the podcast guests that I've had on, you know, are notionally based in London and I've spoken to them from all different places in the world.
0: It's- Exactly. Exactly, and that's um, um, and that's quite an exciting future. We're very sort of belligerent about about that future where people have a lot more ability to do their work from different locations. for For some people, that might mean they can move home or close to family. For some people, it might be um, a complete change up to the other side of, of the world. And either way, I think what we're predicting is over the next five, ten years there's going to be this massive migration of people who go, wow, yeah, I I can relocate. There's nothing really to stop me. But the tools that people use to relocate aren't that fantastic at the moment. And that's where we try to come in. If you weren't in London, where would you live? That's a very good question. Um, So I spent quite a lot of last year in Amsterdam, which is just such an epic city it's it's kind of got loads of the things I love about um, love about London you know it's got great restaurants it's got great nightlife it's got loads of green spaces um but it's got three things that i just love everyone plays field hockey and it's a serious sport there rather than this weird thing that i play on the weekend um everyone (laughs) which is which is nice you're not deemed a weirdo for that um everyone cycles around which is nice as well but it's not everyone and i don't know if you're, you're a Lycra cad cyclist, but everyone's a bit more chilled. Oh, it's,
1: like, it's people dressed normally on bikes as yeah, opposed to people in Lycra. Exactly, on
0: bikes. exactly, which is unbelievable. So everyone just looks so nice and relaxed and then it's just so nice being by the canals. So um, I think I'd love to live there. And then um, if I had the opportunity, uh, which hopefully we will do, I'd love to spend some time in uh, Buenos Aires as well, just because um, just what a lifestyle they, they have in BA. What about yourself? Yeah.
1: Uh, well, I I suppose I've been lucky enough to spend a lot of time in Whistler. So I've I've managed I've managed to do that. I spent a lot of time in Vancouver. Uh, a couple of years ago, I worked a week a month in Sydney. Uh, so I spent a lot of time in Sydney. Wow, you managed to get <laughs> some good it, spots here. Yeah, I, I've just been lucky with you know jobs I've had and clients I've picked up. Um, so you know I I could absolutely see. I could, I could absolutely live in Sydney. That yeah. would be no hardship at all. And in fact, I was, I was on a call with a client on Monday who lives in Boulder, Colorado. And so when the last lockdown happened, he went back to Boulder, Colorado. And so he is having to get up at 3am. Oh, yikes. That's <laughs> right. But, but he decided that that was okay. So that, he was back in the U S and he said, look, last weekend, he went to Arizona, Arizona's open. So he was out for dinner. He was out in bars, He was, you know, with his son. And, you know, I, he just, it was worth getting up at three and 3am 3 for a few months until lockdown stops to, to just, you know, live normally when, uh, when you can.
0: Yeah, no. And I think that's, that's going to be, uh, and uh, I think that's, what we see all the time is people sort of going actually for the first time I have a bit more flexibility to make you know for some people that's going to seem a pretty weird choice right to wake up at 3 a.m but for some people that's really important and and can work for them Um, and I think in futures sort of in you know in this fanciful post-pandemic world where maybe there is a bit more optionality for people to go to the office but I I think for a lot of employees um, they'll think wow like I can potentially, you know, try try living in a few different places if it's right for me, my family, etc. And that's, I think, a lot of companies previously were a little bit nervous around sort of encouraging employee mobility. There's a lot of cost involved. But um, now I think a, a lot of employees are going to say like, mm, you know, you're not going to expect me to go back into the office five days a week. And you see this all the time, companies coming out and saying they're not going to ask people to come back five days a week in which case you could
1: live in france and come to london two days a week and you could make that work
0: yeah exactly right exactly right
1: it would would be it would have been much easier if we hadn't left the eu but such is life probably you could probably still make it
0: work and this is one of the ironic things for us over the last year is like we we not only sort of went into relocation and then we're still like notionally a UK based business and it's like wait doesn't the you know the UK like not want to do relocation anymore so we're not entirely sure and like the UK is by far we help lots of people leave the UK but um, not that many are, are coming in it's largely within the US and um, into Amsterdam is actually very popular as well in Germany
1: uh-huh. so I think one of the hard things is uh, that I can I can guess is I I don't know say for argument's sake I wanted to go and live in live in Sydney, you know I could look at a real estate I could look at real estate brochures but you know they're trying to sell me a house they've I've got re- and they do try and give you information about re- you know the area and. Like, it's hard, isn't it? And and of course, you, you, the moment you pick a flat, you say to somebody who lives in Sydney, "I'm thinking of living here," and they go, oh, "You don't want to live there." Yeah. And so yeah. So how do you how do you help people navigate that from a long way away?
0: That's one of the things for us that is fairly unique about relocation per se, whether it's domestic or very long distance, as UK to Sydney is, are the amount of things involved in a relocation that you know that aren't applicable if you're moving from say I don't know central London to east London where you probably know a lot about (laughs) the areas you you know there's just so much less involved Um, and knowing about areas is definitely a big one but in general what we're trying to do is um, within our platform bring in as much useful information about um, you know the place that you're moving to in this case Sydney so We'll use APIs to bring in um, information about um, uh, area guides, restaurants in the area, bars in the area. Then we'll tally that with our network of relocation specialists. So let's say you were moving to, to Sydney. Um, you would get paired up with one of our Sydney experts who would be giving you that advice and saying it might seem like fun and games to live next to Bondi Beach or whatever, but have you considered this, this, and this? Um, And actually for us, it's sort of combining all of that information for you to search through and browse at your leisure within the Perchview platform but combining it with relocation specialists to basically guide you through not only the home finding but then if you've got kids finding the school then you know if you need to ship some stuff over that process through to short-term accommodation through to um, registering when you arrive getting your bank account all of those things that okay everything yeah, so everything and um, and that's the thing with relocating, right? There's so many different verticals involved. And at the moment you'll probably have a, a very fragmented journey of, you know, a little bit of an Australian real estate platform. You'll probably be, you know, phoning up that friend of a friend or that former client who's in Sydney. You'll be in Reddit threads trying to discover stuff. And we're just trying to create one platform that can guide you through Pretty much anything you can imagine within uh, within the relocation process. Fab. And so,
1: do you yourselves now see that you're? I mean, you're based in London. You were in Amsterdam last year. Are you more tolerant of remote work now as an organisation? Were you Were you disparate before, or were you? Did you have offices?
0: Yeah, so we did have an office in in Shoreditch, um, as with most sort of London-based <laughs> UK startups, but we've let go of that we're definitely not fully you know we're never going to see each other again um but as we've sort of expanded internationally necessarily our team is now split across nine countries and so we kind of have to go remote first um to to make that work and i think what we see is we'll definitely as and when countries allow pay, pay for co-working for people so that those that want to or need to go to an office can have a good a good place to work we'll definitely focus on good quality company retreats for good quality interaction but there's no way that we're going to mandate people having to come to an office five days a week probably for us we're not not even going to ask them to come in, to properly come in one to two days a week it will be very much focused on like we have this specific social or problem that we think will be solved better if we're all in a room together
1: very good. And uh were you were you quite flexible before?
0: Yeah, so for my sins I used to sit when I used to work at Amazon I was on the UK flexible working committee there, so we'd we'd always been quite a, a flexible company, so most of us were working 2-3 days a week from home anyway before. And I think what the pandemic has shown us is Definitely, loads of us miss social interaction, particularly when you're in a startup, seeing people sharing wins. Definitely miss that, um, but it's also it is essentially pointless commuting an hour in just to um, just to sit with your headphones on, answer emails, or code all day, and then go home. It's, that is just like a bit of a waste. Um, so, um, and that's that's where I think it will be. And this is where, and we we speak to clients about this all day. Is if you look at the career of someone, there will be certain phases where maybe going into an office is better for them. So, you know, so we have some grads who are you know in like often in shared housing with four or five other people, who don't have a good desk set up or don't have enough space for a good desk set up. Um, socializing very very important. Having office space for that clientele or Is going to be super super important. Then you might have people that want to relocate for um, for one two years, try somewhere else. We really want to support that, and we basically go around banging the drum to companies and saying, "Look, you have this is amazing for talent acquisition and talent retention." Look, and there's been a bunch of studies in the US about sort of twenty plus million people wanting to relocate now that. They have sort of location freedom. um, And we basically say, look, you should support this as a company. And this is good for um, economies. This is good culturally when there's migration. Um, And yeah, and that's, that's sort of what we go around banging the drum. And then as a company, that means we say, look, you can work from wherever you want and we'll support that.
1: And so it should cost you
0: less. I mean one of the
1: things that, that we did at, at Pier One is is we had you know we had some staff in New York and we had some staff in London and Southampton, we reckoned you paid staff in Southampton twenty-five percent less forever. And we had some of those other tier two or tier three cities in the US in the same way. And so you might not like your hour commute, but it does mean you get a London salary. Whereas, you know, you should you should get significantly less. Like if you went to live in Bali should you get even less if you lived in Bali because your cost of living
0: is lower? This is a very thorny issue as to whether you pay based on um, value or job versus pay on location, and it's it's quite a tricky one for us to navigate as a startup because we could be quite cutthroat and say, look, we and because loads of employees will happily say, like, yeah, if you let me go live in Bali, I'll take a pay cut. That's pretty good good deal Uh, but then we don't necessarily want to go around saying you should give pay cuts to all your employees but definitely there's loads of studies saying like a lot of people would happily take a a pay freeze to not have to relocate and that is a huge even outside of potentially paying a bit less on salary lots of companies won't necessarily reduce it they'll just cap it Um, you know they've office office cost so many workplace benefits are typically geared around being in office you know like the beer trolley the um the ping pong tables all of that sort of stuff um and actually you kind of have this situation where you can focus on benefits that are you know inclusive for a wider range of people rather than just those that are in the office every day um and definitely supporting people to live in different locations is a benefit um yeah and We'll, we'll see whether it what it does to economies, but um, there could be a real. I, you see it the like look at London for example. Like obviously, there's been a huge redistribution of spending from central London out to the suburbs and beyond as people sort of exodus. us.
1: Oh well, and I, I look. I live down in deepest darkest Wiltshire, you know, where we where we only got the wheel a few years ago. But you know, there, there's been a local artesian bakery opened up in the village. And it's just, you know, that wouldn't have been there, I don't think. It's just because there's more people. So people are prepared to walk to the bakery and, you know, go and buy fresh bread every day. Why wouldn't you? And so that redistribution has been interesting to see and then see how sticky it is.
0: Yeah. And I think it's going to be super, super interesting because I think we're sure of a couple of things. People won't necessarily, you know, if you're down in deepest Wiltshire, you're not going to want to go commuting on the train two hours a day every day back into london i don't know whether you'd ever have to do that you're probably
1: well i look the thing is i haven't been to london in a year yeah and and so i mean there's a large number of people that i know who i would where i met them was in london for lunch or dinner or drinks and i was probably in london we we used to, to typically historically we would have delivered either in a hotel in london or we'd have done uh, work with clients in their offices. What we did is we built the management lab down here on the farm. So now people, people, people were all, pre-COVID. People were already coming to the farm rather than me going to London. And I, you know, I just, I just think it's a whole year not getting on the train and spending, you know, two and a bit hours getting to London and two and a bit hours coming back. And the longer that goes on, I was, I was joking with a client today. Uh, you know, one of their guys is up in London, and the pandemic has meant they haven't had to come to Southampton. And because you haven't had to do it for such a long time, the, the resistance to even that, you know, hour and a half. So it'll be interesting to see whether people can overcome that.
0: Well, and because, and then I think then on the side, the I think what will be interesting is as well is people probably aren't going to want to spend their whole careers on zoom or Squadcast or Google Hangouts <laughs> or whatever you know like and you see that like obviously at the moment there isn't really any socializing allowed other than a, a, a walk that people are going to want to interact at times and so I think what you will see is like or what we think will happen is there'll just be much much more flexibility, much more hybrid, work practices um, and ultimately a bit more of a shift to the employee and what is best for them, whether they want to go live completely somewhere new to experience it and maybe just come in occasionally for meetings and social elements. That's the one that underlying all of this is probably the most it's relationship building. I think everyone can agree. Yes. A bit naff at times on, on on Zoom. It's not quite the same same depth. Um, but let's be more deliberate about those in person interactions. And it does. And that's going to free up a lot of possibilities about even just within the UK, right? A lot of possibilities about where you potentially live um, and not necessarily having to you know spend an arm and a leg to live as close as possible to the office because you're going in every day you could live either in France or oh, that's difficult with Brexit but you could potentially live somewhere lovely in the Cotswolds and come in you know, occasionally
1: yeah, or, or Bournemouth or, yeah, what, or Scotland Brighton. or wherever yeah, and, yeah, exactly. but you but you are uh, the other thing that you do uh as well as being insured shortest, you also have that other startup thing unlimited holiday yes uh and so You know, I often say to clients, look, we should share everybody's salaries and we should have unlimited holiday. And normally that is enough to put people into anaphylactic shock. Yes. But how does does unlimited holiday work and how do you make sure that people either don't take any or don't take the piss?
0: Yes. Good question. (laughs) Okay truthfully, I'm probably not best placed to answer in a way right now just because we... Um, you haven't taken any holiday yeah, for a year. exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's like, what are we going to do? So, um, I, but, but we have had the policy for uh, ages and definitely the one that we've seen you have to watch out for. You know, we, we're still very small company so um, you really have to watch out for people not taking any, particularly over the last year where we have quite a fun working environment. So it's not the end of the world and it's quite good fun helping people relocate around the world. And it, they're very, very grateful when, when it goes well. But obviously the options for holiday are pretty slim pickings right now. Um, and, and I think for, I don't know if, well, I'm perhaps jumping ahead, but I don't know if you've read No Rules Rules by... Um, yeah, re- what well, I-, I
1: was just about to say, I, I, I my when I read that, and he says that the managers who take lots of holiday have teams that take lots of holiday. And, exactly. And people, the teams tend to match the manager. So you've got to make sure that the manager leads by example.
0: Exactly, exactly. And that's one for me that is great because I love traveling. So it's it's great. I get to take those holiday and you kind of get to craft it as like, and, but I think it's going to be much, much easier in a remote first world to make a policy like this work. Um, and I think the reason for that is, in a remote first world, nothing is about FaceTime because you know you're not together. So if you want to chill during the day when you're not in meetings, no one can really tell unless you have some creepy like work tracker. And so necessarily things are going to be much, much more output based. And so people are going to look at roles and say, like, what are we expecting the output of this position to be? And start tracking that rather than necessarily just the number of hours in the office um and i think that's the important one when we looked at it that was the important one for holiday is actually net we know we know roughly what why when we're hiring a position we're hiring them with the rough expectations that we're hoping them to do this in a year um and then if they take 40 days and manage to get that done great if they take 25 days and managed to get that done sort of it it enables personal preference um and yeah it just sort of works for us right now
1: and i i've got another sort of modern workplace dilemma so video meetings like we spend all day on zoom videos on or videos off
0: well this is a great question so we we do videos on I right, know that's fine. I don't
1: want to put you on the spot, but I, I'm interested. in. I was interested yeah. in what your opinion was.
0: Well, because, yeah. And then the other thing, like, I'm actually sitting somewhere different, but I was saying like, you're in so many meetings and I'm just so bored of looking at my own background. So then what I started to do on Zoom is just hide myself, uh, which has been quite good. So then you focus on um, other people, which is quite nice, um, but definitely something I've been encouraging the, the, myself and some of the team to do. If it's a slightly more informal chat, just try and do a, a walking meeting over the phone rather than rather than like on Zoom, which has been amazing, to be honest.
1: You know, I'm with you. There are a number of meetings where sometimes, for whatever reason, it's it's on the phone and not on Zoom. It's like, oh you know, it's like Zoom's great. It's much better to see people, but there are times when like, it just reduces the cognitive load if you're just on the phone instead. And and that walking at the same time is, you know, Do
0: you know, like, I think for, for more informal, just catch up, like one-to-one, sort of slightly let you, particularly for people you speak to fairly often, um, like particularly colleagues, I just love the walking meeting over the phone because it's so much, sometimes you get a bit, itchy if I'm sitting here like catching up over Zoom you're like you kind of feel like you you know that you've got to be hyper productive and if it's just sort of jovial chatter back and forth you kind of go you're like oh no what's going on but it's like when you're walking it's just like the ultimate productivity it's so good you're getting fresh air you feel good Um, now I'm increasingly a massive fan of the um, walking meetings for for certain catch-ups because that's definitely I don't know what you've seen but the biggest thing with remote first which I think is more of a pandemic first issue is just like the lack of variety and like burnout. Basically you just spend all day looking at your screen. So walking meetings are good for that if nothing else.
1: I, well, I've always been a fan of walking meetings. When I was at IT lab, we didn't have enough meeting rooms. So we used to, we used to, the meeting used to be down in the lift and round the block. And maybe, maybe if we still go, we go round the block again. And so my experience was as somebody who's always found it difficult to have difficult conversations like because both people are walking there's something about you know it making it easier to have difficult conversations whilst you're strolling along you also can't overreact because you are in public but um but you know but so i think i think my love of walking meetings comes from you know actually physically having to do them and now i enjoy doing them Doing them on the phone.
0: Yeah, well, and there you just have to be careful that you're consistent and you do it regularly with the walking meetings, or else people will know, like, oh no, Dominic's walking today; it's going to be bad news. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I like that. So, what is the what's been the biggest
1: challenge, or what's the, or you know, if you think about your core customer, what problem of theirs are you enabling? Most well,
0: wellest, bestest. Wow, you're such a pro. No. no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I think people tend to underestimate how many moving parts are involved in a relocation process from um, finding deciding the area to finding your home to shipping your stuff to getting your transport to settling in when you arrive setting up your utility bills council tax bank account finding friends finding community there's like if you think about when you relocate you typically take all of your income and social activities from say london and you move it to say the south of france or wiltshire or brighton or whatever and and i think definitely what people love and you'll see this in our in our reviews is people just love having one place to coordinate and be guided by the relocation experts through all of those different like verticals of the relocation um and that people just basically just love having like and i think this is quite a classic sort of startup incredibly fragmented industry that's and then you just join it up and, and enter it you vert, vertically integrate the industry as i think is the sort of popular parlance and then enable people one place to do something that they used to have to do in 15 different places um, and that's definitely our, our usp right now and what how do you monetize that yeah, so we normally um, charge the company of the person relocating as an employee benefit. Um, they say, "Oh, great, you want to relocate? it's the platform that can do that." And we charge them basically a, a, a flat fee to provide unlimited support um, and guidance for basically everything, um, or we charge the um, the person moving themselves so if it's a regular consumer they will pay us um, again a flat fee basically to be guided through every section of their move and that's the challenge for us as a business perspective is to be so valuable that people pay for us you know our service when they can do most of this stuff for free but it's very stressful time consuming fragmented and they won't necessarily be sure even what to do. But I mean,
1: some of the there's a whole load of tips and tricks, I'm sure. I mean, look, at one point I went and lived in San Antonio, Texas, for six months, and so so we you know we rented an apartment, and then there's a service over there. I can't remember the name of it actually, but um, basically you just go and rent a lifestyle. Right, so you say I've got an apartment. I've got a bedroom, a living room, and a kitchen, um, and you can do everything, including renting the pictures and the rugs on the floor and the knives and forks. And they turn up. They turn up the day before you arrive. They put everything in the in the apartment, including sheets on the bed if you want, just for a rental fee. You turn up. You live in the apartment. They come and take it all away, and you leave. And it's just like it's just it, it, like if you didn't know that was a thing. Yes. Because like, you know, if coming from the UK. So far as I know, it's not a thing anywhere that I've seen, but you know, you turn up in the US and it's just completely normal.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's 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 where Perch Peak is best when we basically help you discover the easiest way and we can either end up saving you loads of money by either negotiating your rent or finding you um, better rental furniture or whatever it might be, but also just recommending stuff that like you don't even think about might exist or or whatever you know Germany's a um, good example where there's loads of bureaucracy when you move to Germany and it's a complete nightmare and we can just always save people so much money in terms of getting that bureaucracy done um, with certain providers relative to people having to do it by themselves and they always end up paying for this ridiculous fee that um, that they don't really need to Um, and that's where it's kind of just guiding people to live their best lives to use a very cliche term wherever they're moving to because you obviously don't know anything about san antonio so partnering with with experts is is useful to help you have that that lifestyle you desire fab um, paul what is it that you now know might be work or
1: work or not work but what is it you now know in your life that you wish you'd known earlier
0: mm. probably it's that and this is a super, super privileged thing to say, but you do have quite a lot of opportunity to um, shape your life um, in in terms of like changing directions, and particularly in uh, and the privilege comes from a startup perspective. When you're there, you can change your path at the drop of a hat. Test things. You're so small; no one really cares about your company, and so like you can. And I think we took far too long to really pivot into the relocation space. And I think since we started realizing that, that has, and I've been able to apply that to other sections of my life where you're like, wow, like I probably do have the opportunity to change something if it's not quite working well. Um, and that that's, I think, startups are a great sort of advocate of moving quickly and pivoting because you're just able to see the tangible results of your changes really really fast and test and learn and it doesn't really matter if you fail because you're small and tiny and no one cares so it's it's, (laughs) it's like oh well that didn't work and people you're like oh wait no one cares like our five customers don't really care that it didn't work so you just move on to the next thing very good very good. So what? why did you pick this as a thing to try and
1: fix? Because you said earlier you were at Amazon. So there you are at Amazon, coding away with your headphones on. And one day you think, oh, I know, I'll solve this challenge around global relocation.
0: Well, that was the thing for us. I think it was the germination of um, Perch Peak was moving to London initially. And what an awful experience that is, which I think moving generally people agree as a bad experience globally very stressful um spent three years at amazon um didn't really work like didn't get any easier to move and was just like wow why don't we have a crack? with my co-founders why don't we have a crack at this moving business um which was where we started in the sort of Tinder for for property space, um, and then it was just listening to our, our customers that sort of developed into this global relocation space. But what an awesome space to be in! It's so fun helping people relocate around the world. You learn so much about different cultures. You're helping people, you know, helping someone move to Jordan at the moment. It's just incredible.
1: And what? So what's the uh, what's the best? What's your best move story? Like, which is the person you've enjoyed helping the most, maybe, or had the biggest impact on their lives?
0: Oh, sometimes. People are so grateful. There was this family that we helped move from Trinidad and Tobago to Dublin. And it's just a big lifestyle change. (laughs) They were one of the sort of early relocation pieces that we did. And it was just everything, constant support back and forth. But they get, and then, you know, it's finding a home, finding a school for their kids, finding a car for them. And you just, it's just insane when, like, when eventually they're sort of set within a couple of months after moving, and you look at the stats in the app and you're like, sort of, thousands of messages, so many services used, and you just think, wow, this person's sort of whole life and this family's whole life has been sort of driven through your platform. And then they're so grateful. And that's just like quite a fun, um, we're still so, so early in our journey, but it's quite a powerful, when it goes well, it's quite a powerfully fun thing to do to help people completely change their lives and when it goes well people just love it and it, it's so often people who really get like that's the best thing I've ever done in my life or you spend six months in San Antonio and that's such a memorable period of your life or oh that time where I was able to work in Sydney for a while it's just so people always speak about their sort of time abroad as often some of the most memorable and it's just great to be able to facilitate that.
1: Yeah. Now, absolutely. Uh, what have you read any books along the way that have influenced the, how you've run the business, or that you just thought were
0: fab? Yeah. So one mentioned already, No Rules Rules for, for yeah, Netflix, yeah. which is um, a lot of stuff don't necessarily agree with, but really took away some stuff, particularly around talent density and. You know, smart people wanting to work around other smart people, which I thought was um, that shaped like oh, it's worth like just recruiting rock stars, even if they're expensive and uh, and take a bit longer. Um, the other two books that I just absolutely love are um, Mindset uh, by um, Carol Dweck. Um, it's just it's probably the only book I've ever read more than once, and it's just all about having a a, a growth mindset. So. Anything you tackle in life, seeing it as an opportunity to improve, which um, I think is quite sort of lame and startupy to be like, oh, you can improve everything. But I just, it was really, really powerful for me. Um, and then a, a sort of a recent one on a similar vein was Atomic Habits, which I think is by very short. You can I I mainly listen to books, um, and um, it just jam it out in five six hours, and just is just about building and like i drink way too much diet coke and it was, just, it was just like it just taught me a couple of tricks to just like just increase the friction to getting that diet coke a little bit and it's yeah go really, buy it yeah exactly 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 and, well, that's, that's the best thing about working from home it's so easy to like not have that sort of temptation around so um that was a good read as well
1: all right, that's absolutely brilliant. Paul, it's been a, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today about changing the world of relocation and some of your views on new normal and the way in which work will change.
0: No worries. It's it's a um I think it's gonna be a, a super exciting um five year stretch as companies uh, just last night Salesforce came out and said that they're moving to being able to work remotely most of the time and um it's gonna be a super, super interesting few years, I think brilliant Paul thank you very much awesome cheers Dominic